Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insights into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at PIRB.co.za for more. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast. My name is Willem Klopper. I'm your host. And with me in the studio today, or with me calling in for this episode, is Mr. Nick Javier of IOPSA. Uh, Nick, a very warm welcome to you, and thanks for your time and effort in joining me. Good afternoon, Willem, and good afternoon to the audience out there. Nick, so today we're going to chat about the, the process of becoming a qualified and professional plumber. The fact is that plumbing is an intricate and a very complex trade that requires a lot of technical knowledge, skills, expertise, um, as well as some theoretical or at least a lot of theoretical knowledge and uh, expertise. And, and there, there is a thorough process that needs to be followed before somebody can become a qualified or a properly qualified plumber. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I think, Nick, um, you are the, the, the perfect candidate to have that conversation with. Thank you. I look forward to the conversation, Willa. Nick, so just before we go into the conversation, uh, to both you and to our viewers and our listeners out there, we are going to go into a quick uh, break, and we'll be right back after that. Are you having questions about the Plumbing Industry Registration Board and the Plumbing Industry in South Africa? Well, then join us on the couch and in conversation with the industry experts to answer all your lingering questions about the plumbing industry. The PIRB remains committed to ensuring open and consistent communication within the plumbing industry. So, be part of the conversation. Send us your questions on email at communications at prrb.co.za or on WhatsApp on 079-833-6930. Become a part of the conversation today. Hashtag on the couch. Hashtag PIRB. Welcome back. You are still tuned in to this episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast, in which Nick Jobert and myself are talking about the process of becoming a qualified and professional plumber. Nick, just before I bombard you with all the questions that I have for you, would you care to please just very briefly introduce yourself to our viewers and our listeners? Thank you very much, Willem. Uh, I come from a a plumbing family, uh, the third generation. My granddad started in 1904. So it's in the blood, it's in the family. And I've been in the plumbing industry since childhood. So if we calculate the number of uh, years and you look at the color of my hair, we're talking in excess of 40 years. So I am proudly a master plumber at present. Oh, wow. And I serve the plumbing industry through IOPSA in double checking and making sure that this subject that you're talking which is very close to my heart how to become a professional qualified plumber and to ensure that we make progress by improving year by year nick thank you 
to kick it off with, my first question to you is, many people, and especially the consumers out there, have this complete misperception about plumbing and plumbing work. Uh, people think that if you can simply put two pipes together or clean a block drain or quickly install a tap or quickly fix a leaking pipe, that that is all that is required for you to be a plumber. That, that if you can do those things, then you're a plumber and you don't need to know anything else. But plumbing is much more complex and intricate than that. Would you agree with that? 100% as far as that is statement is concerned, Willem. And yes, you are correct. The consumer sees the plumber as a pipe fixer, whether it's the pipe that carries the water or whether it's the pipe that carries away the excrete that they don't want. However, you will see that in terms of what is the size of a pipe, what is uh, the pipe supposed to carry? Is it supposed to be made of what material? So you will go from the traditional mathematics, pipe calculations, the sizes, the flow rate, the speed of the water to make sure that if you have three or four or six toilets or 10 toilets next to each other, there's a difference to the toilet that's just one toilet at home. And these calculations does have a bearing on the competency and the complexity of plumbing per se. And if you go and you move into today's field of plumbing, it's highly specialized. It is electronics involved in it in terms of how does this work? Does it switch on automatically, etc.? There's automatic baths. In other words, you sit with your phone, the bath will be filled with water automatically. The temperature will be set. And then you get into the bath and thereafter, after half an hour, it lets the water out automatically. Now, those are things that, yes, it might sound as a gimmick, but it is complex to have things like that installed and more so maintained. It is really a, it's, it's not an easy trade. And the, one will find... There's individuals that just fix the pipe, as you said, but the individuals that needs to design and install is a different animal, if you want to call that. But that is where the professional qualified plumber comes into, which is trained to be able to execute that type of work. Nick, you were talking about calculating flow rates and pressure rates. Uh, you would tell, we, we talk about even going as far as calculating elbow bends and angles and degrees because that affects the flow rates of water. Um, and that's mathematical calculations, that mathematical. That, I mean, the average consumer is not aware of that, but they don't think that things like that have to be calculated and that it would have an impact on the flow or the pressure of the water in their house. We're also talking, talking about the, the fact of the installer and the designer that needs to know certain things. They need to understand the different components, the functions of the different components within a plumbing installation. Because uh, let's talk about the safety valves for one. If, if they don't understand what the, the purpose and the function of a valve is, let alone at what point exactly they need to install it, then that thing won't serve the function that it is made for. Therefore, you know, there's a lot of things that plumbers need to know. They need to know the re requirements of national standards. Um, and those are very intricate requirements. 
And, and again, those requirements are, are there, the requirements for the standards and as well as the requirements for legislation and regulation, those are there to ensure optimal function and functionality of the system, the, 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 the plumbing system itself, as well as the health and safety of the consumer and then obviously the installer as well. Would you agree to that? 100% true, uh, Willem. For example, the consumer would open a tap or in the present day you have the single lever taps that you just lift the, the flap up and down and that opens and shuts the, the, the water. Uh, there's a lot of things that happen behind that before the water in actual fact comes through that specific component. And the, the more elbows and the, the more changes of direction has an impact on it. Some of these valves cannot operate at a very low pressure. And those are the things that the plumber needs to know. From a safety perspective, there is multiple number of valves. And the plumber needs to be able to identify valve one or valve two or valve three. And if he does a, a pressure reducing valve, where he installs it in the safety valve's position, it can be catastrophic. And that can easily happen because from the outside, these valves look very much the same and similar, but the inside workings is critical to be classified as a safety valve or to be classified as a pressure-reducing valve. You, you know, there are many... You know, we often see, uh, you know, people at the side of the road and on the street corners holding up a sign that says, I'm a plumber. And, and you know, they, they may know how to fit a couple of pipes together or clean a drain, but these kind of things they don't know. I want to ask the next question. Uh, is there, Nick, some kind of regulation or legislation, some form of law that says, because there are risks uh, you know, associated with plumbing work. You just said that if, if a valve is installed in the incorrect place for the incorrect purpose, it can have catastrophic uh, consequences. That means that there is or are risks associated uh, with plumbing work that is done incorrectly. So now comes my question that I want to ask. Is there some form of regulation or legislation that compels people to become qualified, properly qualified? in the trade of plumbing? Willem, you've used the word compelled. South Africa is a country with a set of the best rules and regulations. We go to the plumber, it, uh, the, the, the building regulations is quite clear. Nobody other than a qualified plumber, and a qualified plumber means he ends up with a certificate from an, uh, a reputable body, not a training provider, to say you are certified, cannot work on a plumbing system. However, the enforcement of that becomes an issue. There is very low enforcement in our country. But to move on to the risks, there's, to me, two components that the consumer needs to look at this. Do I use a, a verifiable, qualified, professional plumber, or do I use the individual that you quite rightly stated and say, he says he has a board that he carries and he says he's a plumber. The risk is as follows. Number one, from a safety point of view, if we use that example of a pressure-reducing valve being put in the place where the safety valve goes, 
there is a risk of a explosion because hot water expands. And if it expands and the installation pipe and the tank can no longer take that increased pressure because the safety valve is not operating, because the safety valve was not installed in the correct place, that explosion can destroy a building. That's number one. Now, that risk for the consumer is by using an individual that charges a low rate versus an individual that charges a higher rate, there's always that satisfaction that the installation is safe and I won't end up there. So there is one thing that a consumer, it's a, a decision the consumer takes. However, in addition to that, you would see that manufacturers that issues a warranty and a guarantee for their products is now turning around and say, that installation was not done by a qualified plumber. So therefore, our warranty is voided. Similar to a car, if you don't service the car according to the manufacturer's instructions, then if a car breaks down, there's no warranty. That risk is yours. Now with plumbing, it's exactly the same. Now if you have to install a, a new geezer at your own cost, we're talking of uh, uh, more than a thousand rand. It, it, it pushes us to ten thousand rand. Uh, there's damage to houses that runs into hundreds of thousand rand just for that decision the consumer is taking. It's it's absolutely. It sounds like it's it's uh, when you have to go for heart surgery and you make use of a butcher instead of a proper heart surgeon. The same kind of risk to me, it sounds. I would imagine uh, the risk might not be as painful, but it is bigger than that. You're quite right. Nick, I've got quite a few other questions that I would like to ask for you. But just before I get there, uh, let's, for our viewers and our listeners out there, uh, let's take a look at a couple of more ads. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Good day. How can I help you? Hi. I'm here to log in my COCs, but I seem to be having an issue with my computer. No problem. But did you know that you can log your COCs using an app on your cell phone? Oh, what app is that? It's called The App Plumber. Do you have a smartphone with you? Yes, I do. Oh, well, let me show you how it works. Not only can you access your PRB profile on The App Plumber, but you can also earn CPD points while exploring the plumbing industry in the palm of your hand. Download the app from Google Play Store and join thousands of other happy users. The PORB Master Plumber Recognition Program has officially arrived. As an essential service to society, there must be constant growth and development within this important and ever-changing industry. Developed by the PIRB, the Master Plumber Recognition Program has launched as a new PIRB designation, allowing industry champions to take the lead. Skilled and experienced plumbers equipped to take the lead, enroll today to start your journey in becoming a recognized PIRB Master Plumber. Welcome back. You're still tuned into the Professional Plumber Podcast. And in this episode, Nick Jaber of IHOPSA and I are having a conversation about the process of becoming a qualified and professional plumber. And just before we went into the ad break, we were discussing things like uh, the complexity and the intricacy of plumbing and the fact that there's a complete misperception among consumers and even 
people who consider themselves to be plumbers uh, of plumbing and how exactly how complex it is, we were talking about whether there is some form of regulation or legislation that determines that plumbers should be qualified to do specific kind of works. And we we are now getting to a point where I want to ask, uh, we're going to more lean more towards the, the process of becoming qualified. Uh, and my first question in this direction to you, Nick, is who determines whether a plumber is qualified in other words, sort of who certifies a plumber as qualified? We have a legislative body that is called the Quality Council for Trades and Occupation. There's three quality councils in our country. Umulusi is the one for general, higher education for universities, and then artisans training is governed by this QCTO, the Quality Council for Trades and Occupations. And nobody can train unless they are accredited or registered, approved by this quality council. Nick, and then obviously, so they determine who can provide training to plumbers, right? And to Correct. and, and to, to the level and the extent and the standard that they then become properly qualified. And but then there's obviously also um, there are the industry bodies like IOPSA and the PIRB, who then also have sort of a verification process and whether that be an assessment to see if you do your trade test through them, or is that trade test done by the, the training provider, like the training schools and your colleges and those kind of things? Well, you are quite correct that in this quality council ambit, there is the industry body, such as IOPSA and such as the professional body, PRB, that plays a role, but they use the guideline or the rules or the, the curriculum that has been agreed to and registered with the Quality Council. Now, anybody will then apply to this QCTO to become an accredited or licensed training provider, which then they have to follow the set curriculum, they have to follow set uh, standards, and they will then train the plumber. The training period for a plumber is three years, and they would have a license to conduct this training. So the consumer, before they then go to anybody to train, ask, can I see a copy of your license? If they can prove the license and it's still valid, then the consumer will know that there is a quality control external to just the student going or the individual going for, for the training. At the end of the three-year training period, then there is a further, what we would call an assessment center or a trade test center, which could be part of the, uh, the, the, the skills development provider or the training center, but it's a separate license. So therefore, the trade testing is done under a different license and post the three-year training, the individual then sits a two-day assessment or a trade test, as what it was called. And once they pass that successfully, then the Quality Council will issue a certificate, which is commonly referred to in, in industry as a red seal certificate, meaning properly trained and passed an approved trade test. Okay. Nick, so, so there are... They, they can be people from two different spheres. 
wanting to end or, or wanting to become a qualified plumber. Let's quickly talk, and you you have touched on quite a few uh, 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 steps within the process of becoming a, a, a properly qualified plumber just now in the answer that you've given me. But I just want to recap quickly. Let's say, for instance, school leavers, people who have just matriculated, they're school leavers, um, or, or people that are, you know, whatever age they may be, are new to the industry with no experience and no knowledge about plumbing itself. What is that process? What are the steps for them to become qualified, a, lever, a qualified plumber? A, a school lever, as you've defined it, would be able to, to enter the industry and become qualified through what is called the apprenticeship route, where they then on day one register with an employer and this quality council as a apprentice. And then the three-year training takes place and then the, the trade test takes place. So that would be one method or one path for an individual that comes out of the school. However, we also have another path to become a qualified or a professional plumber. And that focuses on individuals that have been in the industry or have been working as a plumber unqualified if you want to call it they didn't have the opportunity to go to a trade school or to a training center they didn't have the opportunity to do the trade test in those individuals their experience their prior knowledge of plumbing is then evaluated and if there's any gaps according to the curriculum is then gap filled with training and then they do the trade test so individuals that is more senior and they've had experience, can also go through the A process, which is called Recognition of Prior Learning, the acronym is RPL, and they will be able to also qualify. So at the end of the day, the school leaver through an apprenticeship, uh, the guy that's been worked, the more senior guy through the RPL, both of them end up at the end with a trade test with a red seal document that says they are qualified. School leavers, obviously, just again to go back to what you said, the QTCO, um, they determine who provides training, who is, is authorized and, and accredited to provide accredited training, pro, plumbing training. Those would typically include, there are training schools, there are vocality schools, um, there are uh, your, your, like your TVET colleges, um, there are other plumbing training or, or trade uh, tra training centers. Uh, we know of, of, you know, like the Blue Lever Educations out there. Uh, we all know, we know about the Cheka uh, Training Matters out there. And Nick, what other what other schools or, or places are there? The two main groupings, as you stated, Willem, is the public sector, which is the traditional TVET colleges, which then offers it same curriculum as what your private providers will offer. There might be a cost difference for the consumer, but both of them are following the same curriculum. They end up with the same trade test and the, the, the individual going through public or going through private ends up with exactly the same certificate that you do have. IOPSA is moving towards, in terms of monitoring both these streams to see how they can improve. And, and we do have a, a system where we would go and vet public and these private providers, and then classify them as a IOPSA-approved training provider. 
and that would be just an additional service for the consumer that if they go to our OPSA website, they would be able to see those that's already been vetted. They, yes, they are licensed by QCTO, but they vetted by OPSA because of the additional services that they rendered to ensure a professional training process for both the apprentice as well as the RPL candidate. Nick, there's one last question that I do have for you. But before we get to that last question and before we close off this episode, because we are running out of time for this episode, uh, let's just, for our viewers and our listeners out there, go into another quick ad break and we'll be right back after this. As a happy new year and welcome back gesture, Articulated offers a heat pump installation course with a whopping 10% discount. Consisting of seven modules, this course provides knowledge about the types of heat pumps available, the economic benefits of heat pumps, and a basic overview of the SANS 1352 National Standard. To expand your knowledge about heat pumps and for a chance to earn yourself five CPD points, Register for this online course at www.iopsatraining.co.za today. Welcome back. You are still tuned into this specific episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast in which Nick Jaber of IOPSA and myself are having a discussion about the process of becoming a qualified, a properly qualified and professional plumber. We've got discussed a couple of issue uh, uh, factors or aspects uh, of this process before we went into the the ad break. We've discussed uh, that the fact that there is legislation and re regulation that determines that plumbers should be or must be qualified. Uh, we've discussed uh, who determines that plumbers are are qualified. We've determined uh, that there is a body or uh, a government uh, uh, department that determines that, you know, who the training providers are and who are accredited to give the training and certify plumbers as qualified. Um, we've also taken a look at various other aspects. But what I want to get to now, we've, yes, we've had a, had a look at the process of becoming a qualified plumber both school leavers and people new to the industry as well as those who've been working in the industry for uh, quite some time and have already have extensive knowledge and experience within the plumbing industry and those are those with prior learner as we call it or rpl um nick my last question to you for this episode is what are the benefits and what would make a plumber want to become other than the fact that there's legis legislation or or law that says they should be and must be qualified, but what would might want to make a plumber become properly qualified instead of just plowing forward without a proper qualification? What benefits does being properly qualified hold for the plumber? Well, properly qualified would include that you are licensed to conduct plumbing work. And to become licensed, you need to register yourself at the professional body. And just like the doctor, if you are qualified in the year 70, it doesn't mean in the year 2022, you remembered what happened there. There's developments that take place. Yeah. With a plumber, the same thing. There's developments that take place. Now, being 
licensed as a plumber, you are compelled to do continuous professional development to update you on those developments. So the advantage would be that you would be able to market yourself as a qualified plumber, and that gives the consumer the, the satisfaction and the guarantee that you know what you are doing. It reduces the risk for that, but also for the individual, you are a little bit one step up versus the unqualified, the versus the licensed or qualified plumber. And it is a, a career. If you are serious about your career, you will continue to develop yourself to make sure you stay abreast of the new developments. You, you know, everything is a, ever, it's ever, it, we live in an ever evolving world. Technology evolves. In other words, there may be new materials plumbing for, for plumbing equipment and plumbing pipes and plumbing things. There may be new uh, methods of doing things, new tools that they can use, time-saving tools. And if they don't keep up with it, if they don't keep up with, with the trade and the involvement of the trade, you know, they're going to lag behind and customers and consumers are going to start choosing those who have been keeping up. But Nick, also the fact is that I liked what you mentioned a little earlier in the conversation where you said that, um, you know, even the, the suppliers, the manufacturers are withdrawing the, uh, the warranties that they, that they offer on their products if it is not installed by a properly qualified plumber. Because now that pushes that, the, the unqualified plumber sort of to the side. They, they make a decision. Are you going to continue not being qualified or are you going to, are you going to follow the process of becoming? And I do know that the insurances are doing the exact same thing. Insurances don't make use of unqualified plumber. So another benefit is the work becomes more, um, you know, and it's also that, that I think from my perspective is that I'm a consumer that I would choose to use somebody who is qualified to do a work for me and a service for me that I would pay for rather than somebody who is not. 100% correct, Willem. And the consumer, yes, the consumer does have the choice. But sometimes the consumer also needs to, to, to determine their risk in using an unqualified versus a qualified individual. And that warranty is something that is definitely there. Plus, as I stated earlier, the safety. If it's not installed safely, there's a risk of serious harm to individuals, but also to the structure or the house or your, your most prized possession, which is your residence. Of course. And, and another one is the health risk because, you know, diseases and stuff can, when it's not hygienically installed or properly installed because of hygiene, uh, there's also the health risk. Nick, Thank you so much for sharing your information. Um, you know, I do believe that the plumbers can contact for those who are interested in entering the plumbing uh, industry and the plumbing trade and following that process of becoming a properly qualified plumber. Um, I'm sure that they can contact IOPSA, which is the Institute of Plumbing South Africa, uh, or the PIRB, the, uh, the, the Plumbing Industry Registration Board, um, Nick, I'm sure that they are welcome to give you guys a call if they're interested and find out more about becoming a qualified plumber. Anytime. And as they say in the plumbing language, 24-7, uh, although we might not answer the phone at 10 at night. <laughs>
<laughs> Nick, once again, thanks to Stack for the information that you've shared, for your time and your effort. To our listeners and our viewers, do stay tuned. We have drawn to a close of this episode, but do not go away yet because right after this, we have some awesome industry announcements for you. Stay tuned. BIRB gives a warm and hearty welcome back to everyone who has taken a well-deserved break over the festive season. The new year has officially kicked off and it seems a busy year lies ahead. We hope that you are well rested and that you'll tackle the bull by the horns to make the impact on society that only plumbers can do. And seeing that it's the new year, the Champions for Charity sponsorships are still available. Become one of the sponsors of this year's C4C event. Visit www.championsforcharity.co.za to find out how. That's www. The word champions, the number four, the word charity.co.za. Be the change that you want to see in this world. By sponsoring towards this exhilarating charity event, you are giving back to those in need. Thanks to you the South African plumber who not only wants to continually grow, but who also strives to be seen as a true plumbing professional. We are proud to announce a change to the PIRB's CPD policy. To show appreciation to the licensed plumbers, the PIRB is introducing the PIRB CPD reward scheme. Stay tuned for more information to come. Do you have any questions about the plumbing industry or the PIRB? The PIRB would like to answer them on our new show called On The Couch. Send us all your questions via email to communications at pirb.co.za or via WhatsApp to 079-833-6930. That's 079-833-6930. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.